0: podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I'm the managing editor of ThePopBreak.com. With me, as always, every week, uh, under contract, I believe, uh, Mr. B- Bill Bodkin, the editor-in-chief of ThePopBreak.com. Bill, what's going on? Uh,
1: yeah, the the contract is I have to pay all the bills on the site, so yes, I must be here. And I'm very excited for this episode. We just came out of a, a like, back-to-back review series with The Mandalorian and WandaVision. And uh, Al You put this together. I'm very proud of you for doing this. This is a very, very special guest. Uh, Why don't you introduce, uh, we don't often do interviews on this podcast, uh, so why don't you uh, bring on our esteemed guest?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm super excited because I've never actually spoken to this person uh, outside of five minutes ago, Uh, but I've been listening to him on a daily basis for like three years. Um, He is a... Podcaster. He is a comedian. Comedian. He's an actor. He is a cosplayer. Uh, his name is Mr. Eddie Pence. Eddie, what's going on? Hey,
2: everybody. How's it going?
0: So, uh, for those who have never heard Eddie, the reason we put him on the podcast is so you can start listening oh, to Eddie. That's nice. Eddie, oh, of course. Uh, Eddie is the co-host, or uh, as fans of the show call him, the Rear Admiral of the Ralph Report. <laughs> um, he's also on the the Ramble On podcast. And formerly of the Swings and Misses podcast, which yes. may be
2: getting a reboot of we're, some sort. We're working on it. Jen and I and Cody, we're, we're formulating a plan to try to bring it back in some some way. We don't know yet, but we're working on it.
0: Excellent. Uh, but also, the, the the main way you can see Eddie is you can watch his first ever comedy special called The Unspecial, which I believe is still on Amazon Prime.
2: It if you're a Prime works. member? It it streams for free on Prime, and you can get it at any on the transactional ad, uh, platforms, iTunes, and all that stuff.
0: So anywhere you can find, uh, you know, somewhere you could buy a comedy yeah. special, it is available there through Comedy Dynamics, I believe. Yes, excellent. Um, but yeah, Eddie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, we just, you know, as Bill said, we've done uh, a back to back review series. We did Mandalorian, which I know you're a huge Woo. fan, of.
2: huge Woo. Star Woo. <laughs> And we'll, and again, I have to
1: ask you: Are you excited for uh, what I like to call Space Sopranos, which is going to be the book of Boba Fett? Oh, I can't
2: wait! A, a, a sci-fi gangster series—that's going to be so good.
0: Yeah, it's, I cannot good. wait. And then uh, we did that, and then we went to WandaVision. I know you're also a huge uh, Marvel fan as well, and, and worship at the altar of Kevin Feige, just like myself. I
2: do. WandaVision might be the best thing MCU has done.
0: Yeah, it's. And it's I
2: really think it might be the best thing they've accomplished so far and they've mm. accomplished quite a bit
0: yes they they, they were able to do a that, like a a 10 year long story arc and right. nail it and then and they did it all. Um, and it's pay off completely and now we are about to wrap up wandavision and they have been they've now taken over television as well uh, and that
1: I still – I still, I, it's still like with The Mandalorian being on, Star Wars being as popular as it is, that WandaVision, this weird show, is constantly crashing Disney Plus because so many people are tuning in.
2: Right? Seriously, like, like Mandalorian never crashed Disney Plus. Oh. I never had an issue logging on. And the last yeah. three weeks of WandaVision, I have to wait till about 12.15 until so I can log back into Disney Plus because yes. everybody's logging on for it.
0: So you, you watch it as soon as it
2: – basically yeah. as soon as it comes on? I yeah. keep my 11-year-old up, and we both watch it at midnight on Thursday, so he can be the cool kid at school the next
1: day. That's amazing. So he's... That's, a, that's an A-plus dad right there. A-plus <laughs> dad. Right?
2: I mean, and he's half asleep all day, but A-plus dad. It's virtual.
1: So, who cares? But, yeah. Or, right. You
0: know what? Since you mentioned your son, Colton, um, yeah. who
1: if, we've heard great stories of on, on the Ralph <laughs> Report. Some, some right.
0: just... Some well, winner. I, I,
1: there's a great There's a great bit. I'm not going to ruin it in the stand-up. Mm-hmm. Oh. About a photo he asked you to take, yeah. which I literally died laughing because it, it, it's a very true story, man. I, Any that was parent
2: knows really that favorite. story is true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Any parent knows that's a true story. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I wanted to talk about the, your comedy background and everything, but let, let's just talk because, – because the podcast started as, as two quarantined dads, I, let, yeah. let's just talk a little bit about your life – uh, during this time, during the last, what, year and a half now, how has it been with you, your son, your wife, and kind of adapting to this new way of life that we've had to kind of undergo?
2: It's weird because, um, it's, it's almost, I think it's a year to the day tomorrow where we sort of had like our last normal day. I think we were, we spent the the day at Disneyland about a year ago and I actually, two members of the Garmy, um asked me to uh come in and uh go to disneyland and marry them there <laughs> so oh we, did my like
1: God. A, nice. we did like an
2: incognito like uh we got on the uh was the uh the tom sawyer you know the river the tom sawyer island in disneyland yep. we got on the mark twain boat and mm-hmm. we just and we just did a little uh small ceremony nothing big and i just went up and i he, i got ordained for it and they asked me to marry him i marry them on the boat and then their gift to me for doing that was they paid for my family all day at Disneyland. So we had like a whole day at Disneyland. We got to ride uh, rise of the resistance t- twice. Oh. Um, so we had like this perfect, great final day. And then mm-hmm. literally like a week after that, everything shut down. Um, and we've been I'm in like this quarantine the third person year. from
1: California. I know who went the week before. Everything yeah. 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 Like, and I'm just like the timing is perfect. First off, how cool is ride Rise of the Resistance? Oh, I'm it's right. it's a game changer as far as amusement park rides go. Because I did the Millennium Falcon one in Florida, and that was pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: Rise Which one
2: of is, it, is that? Like the Rebel? What, what's that one called? Smugglers, the, Smugglers, Smugglers
0: Run. Smugglers Run. Run.
2: There it is. Yeah. I, I mean, excellent. that's a great ride in and of itself. Yeah. Just to be in the cockpit of Millennium Falcon is cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but Rise of Resistance. I mean, you're going. It's like every every sort of uh, different type of amusement park ride is combined into one ride. And it's just an, ex- it's like a 20 minute experience. It's amazing. That's insane. I, um, oh, I wish I went on it. I it's so I got to, We got to try it twice because you have to literally get in the park. Mm-hmm. The park opens like 8 a.m. and you have to be in the park for the app to work. And you'd log right. on to the app and you have to click on the app to try to get a spot, to get a time frame for the ride. Mm-hmm. So you get in the park and then you have to run away from everybody because if you're all together, it slows down the Wi It's a weird thing. <laughs> Everyone's like scattering throughout the park at 8 a.m. and you're all they're all like punching on their phones to try to get the thing to go. And we got it done, and so we got it, we got to ride it. And we went there and they when they scanned our, our our pass on our phone, it didn't scan, but they let us on. Oh wow! The time was there and like um, and then the ride broke down halfway through. I've heard that breaks a lot. It yeah. breaks down a lot because it's so intricate. So they let us off. And then they're like, "Wait here, we'll give you a new pass." So we all scan new passes on our phone, and then they let us on, and we rode through it. And then I guess it didn't delete the pass, so literally we got a second pass, and we just went right back on the thing.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Ran,
2: like, twice in a row, it was amazing. It was so And much that's
0: fun. and that's why the pandemic happened. You jinxed it by like, right, going right. on the ride again. You <laughs> broke I <wrote> reality. <laughs> <laughs> uh i this is gonna be a terrible transition but uh do you remember the first stand-up special you watched now um yeah no uh, i, I, I wanted to live at the met. I, was, yeah, I was gonna say dude uh because I, I i don't i did miss that so w- let's talk a little bit about the comedy background um you, do you remember the first stand-up special you watched
2: robin williams live at the met on hbo i think but we had just gotten cable yes. television and we'd finally gotten hbo and this was like in mid-80s and that was like the first comedy special that i had watched and it blew me away like because I'd always been a Rob Williams fan from like Mork and Mindy and stuff like that but I'd never seen the stand-up and I really didn't know what stand-up was I mean I saw I saw like Carson monologues mm-hmm. but I didn't know what an hour of stand-up looked like and I watched that and I was like wow that's some somebody does for a living I want to do that
0: so that that instantly gave you the bug
2: yeah ever like that was like I want that's what I want to do and so I was like in the back of my head even like going through high school and college and picking a major and all that stuff I was like I always wanted to be a comedian like I was trying to figure out ways to make a living so I could be a comedian it was weird and then like I moved I graduated college I went to Virginia Tech and then I was like you know I'm going to go to California and try to follow that dream but I didn't want to just go out there and do stand-up so I I applied to film school and I went to film school at Chapman University in Orange County and while I was there that's when I started doing open mics and stuff like that and that's how I got into stand-up
0: did you did you ever get like when you were Studying for film school Cause I actually, I'm a radio, TV, and film major as well. So, nice. like, they, they, you know, it's a very useful degree. Oh, it's great. I had, I have <laughs> a great ra- <laughs> ra- radio, TV, and film. Wait, I'm a dual major. You're going to love this radio, TV, and film. Yeah. And history. Oh, wow what am I doing with this besides getting a job at the history channel? If, if I apply 10 times and they don't get back to me, I'm not getting a job anywhere. <laughs> yeah.
1: What's the, what's the John Mulaney joke? I, cause I'm, an, I'm a double major in English. So it's just like, I got a degree in a language I already can speak, you know, So I, you know, that's why I deal, you know, talk to senior citizens on the phone about Directv, You know, that's where my degree I took place. But if I could, don't mind me asking about Robin Williams. What was it about his special that, cause, um, he had one like in the early '80s. I remember watching, and then I watched the one in the Met as well. It was both great. What was it about him um, in that stand-up special that you're like that it clicked in your head of like this is what I want to do?
2: I think it was just the the fun he looked like he was having on stage, like the energy, and like it was like I before I didn't know Rob Williams was so improvisational at that time. I was just a kid, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess this is your the jokes that you have. I didn't know that he just went and sort of improvised a lot of that, or would just riff and i guess that's why he was he looked and felt so present on stage like in the moment experiencing it and going through it with everybody and like that's that's the feel that i've always like tried to bring to stand up comedy but like to my stand up comedy anyway i wanted to have that lore of like this guy's really present he's really there he's not just reciting stuff he's memorized so um, yeah. my act's not nearly as improvisational as rob williams was i do riff every once in a while like most comics do but i've always wanted to have that same sense of you know play and excitement that he all had in that special that's just what I... That was what was drawn... That's why I was so drawn to that, I think. Did you
0: go... When you moved out to California, did you try out for any, like, the, the super, super well-known um, improv groups? Like, I think, was it, like, the groundlings and stuff um, like that?
2: I studied at um, Improv Olympic, which is yep. sort of an offshoot of Second City. They, it's mm-hmm. a different. It's more of a long form. If you know anything about improv, Second City is more short form. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they use it to generate ideas for sketch comedy, and that's sort of the end goal for Second City sort of improv. Whereas... Uh, Improv Olympic is a lot. Uh, it's more. It's a long form of improv where you're just doing scene study. You're just. It's not about the jokes. It's about two. It's, it's about character development and sort of, uh, going on stage with an idea with you know as a character and developing that. And you're not always playing for the laugh. You're playing for, you know, the relationship you're building with the other characters on stage, and that will culminate in whatever the the laugh is. I guess you're not going for the joke. Mm-hmm. So I kind of studied that a little bit more, and that's I guess that goes a little below more of the lines that sort of evolved into the ucb form of improv and that yeah. stuff so um i studied there i didn't go into the groundlands you
0: mm-hmm. uh, so you study ucb did like who who was like your class in terms of the the stand-ups that were coming up when you were coming up
2: uh i started like i, I just mentioned this on the Report the other day i started with like uh maz jabrani we can't start around the same time mm-hmm. uh, i think of some other comics that sort of <sighs> what, what year is this around I started, I think my first show was like February 1998, I think. Al, were you right. born yet?
0: I was, uh, I don't want to say this to, to make you guys upset. But <laughs> okay. I was, I was, a, I was you, probably will. I, 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 I was a solid seven years old at
1: that time. Wow. Right. So, so, yeah. That makes me okay. sad.
0: I just turned 30, so just, just
1: throwing that out there, I know. Oh, oh, that hurts. I'm sorry. It's a running joke on the podcast about, Bill, how old were you when this happened? <laughs> yeah, are, that's true. I guess.
2: So, like, when I've mentioned Rob Williams live at the Met, you're like, wow, that's, that's like, historic. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Nixonian. That's so old. <laughs> they had
0: TVs back then?
2: They did. Color wow. and everything. I mean, they were there. large, and you had to put them on the floor. They were, like, furniture.
1: Oh, God, exactly. they were. <laughs> and, now, and now and now, we only want big TVs. Right. But they have to hang on the wall. Yes. And they have to, and they have to weigh as much as an infant. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It took four uh, people to
2: move our twenty-inch TV into our house. <laughs> Wait,
1: what? <laughs> yeah. I have, I have, I have a forty-inch TV, a fifty-inch TV that someone gave my brother-in-law wanted to throw away from like twelve years ago. The thing is legitimately like a hundred pounds. Yeah, might my, yeah, my parents yeah. <laughs> have a monster.
0: Yeah, they have a JVC like fifty-inch that is, it has to be like it weighs three of me.
2: We, I, my first camcorder, you had to have your VCR in a pouch under your arm oh, yeah. and a cord connected to the camera that would rest on your shoulder.
1: Mm-hmm. So it was
2: like it, a step before. You had to record on the VCR. That was like a step before the, the VHS was like
1: here that you yeah, slapped in.
2: My, that was mind-blowing. The, oh, the tape goes in the camera. Game changer.
1: <laughs> game changer. Um, Did you also have Betamax too?
2: We went VHS instead of Beta. Smart. We were, at, we were. Right. My my family chose VHS. We went. It's like when the uh, the HD DVD and the Blu-ray came out. I went Blu-ray. I made. I've always made the right choice when it came to media. <laughs> I went VHS, not Beta. I went
1: Blu-ray, not HD DVD. You take the Ws where they come, man. <laughs> so I guess my, my question would be your transition. Uh, it's just a little bit for the podcasting standard things like. How easy or how difficult is it to transition from, you know, doing, you know, stand up in front of a microphone to doing, you know, podcasting in front of a microphone, obviously. But like doing that, like talk about the like, is there any sort of delineation between that, any transition between that? Or is it just natural because you're in front of a microphone?
2: It's a little different because, I mean, with stand up, the reason I love stand up is the the performance, the, the being on stage in front of the audience and getting that immediate feedback with the laughs and saying something annoying right away if it's funny or not, you know. Um podcasting is different than that because you don't have that audience reaction. It's just, like when I'm doing the Ralph report, it's just Ralph and I sitting there going back and forth and you know, if he can make me laugh that's great, if I can bust up that's great or if I can get you know, most of our dynamic is him yelling at me. So <laughs> if I can get any reaction from him, then I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. But it, it is different. It's it's great in the fact that you're 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 talking and you're thinking and you're out of your head so you can generate material that way and you don't know where it's exactly going to go and that's what I like about stand-up is that hour I'm on stage I'm not in my head I'm just talking and getting me a reaction but it is different you don't have that live reaction from the audience of like okay this because you get a you know you get an adrenaline charge out of that it is addictive to get up there and laugh. you get that you get that Feel for the laughs and you want to keep going up. That's why you keep doing it. Podcasting, you don't have that. You just kind of go and I go over and I I record for an hour and we're done. Like oh, that was a fun show. That was good. But there's no high afterwards. You're not you're mm-hmm. not like you're not floating around going man that was that felt really good. I can't wait to get up again. Podcasting just sort of like I enjoy the time to talk and generate material and laughs. But at the same time, it's not nearly the same.
0: You I remember early early into the quarantine. Just to, to bring it back to that, you did a stand-up special, or yeah. you did stand-up virtually yeah. for the first time. What was that experience like? Because, um, you know, we were doing all these weird – everyone was trying these weird things during this time yeah. just to kind of stay afloat. But what? how was that experience?
2: It was interesting because I'd done – since then, I, I think during the quarantine, i have probably done maybe 10, like, virtual stand-up shows. Wow. But they've been, like, five or ten minute like, just with other comics getting up and doing it. But the, like the one I did in May was the Nowhere Comedy Club, and I did like a 40, 40 or 45-minute set. So it was like, that felt like a, a big thing. And it was different, because it was the first time I had had uh, an audience where I, I had headphones in, and their mics were on so I could hear them laughing. So there was some sort of interaction with the crowd. But it, mm-hmm. it's different. I mean, it's, it was a lot like... There's two different experiences when you're doing stand-up. You're, when you're doing stand-up in a club, it's much more reactionary. You're you're saying something, they're laughing or they're not laughing, and then you're reacting to it. I mean, it's very there is a symbiotic relationship there. You're giving and they're giving and you're both taking. You know what I'm saying? But we're like uh, doing that virtual show was a lot like doing uh, when I've done TV sets in the past for like a television audience,
1: mm-hmm. where
2: you just go up and you just say your jokes and you know where the laughs are supposed to come. So you sort of pause and then. The crowd is because it's a TV crowd and it's sort of coached up. They laugh where they're supposed to laugh.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
2: very much more it feels more scripted, almost like I'm doing a, a one man show or like a monologue and I'm just saying my things and then I wait and then they laugh. Whereas like stand up, you're you're saying it and they're laughing or they're not laughing and you don't know. And so there is that sort of dynamic between you and the audience. You just don't have that virtually. and You don't have that when you're doing like a TV set or something like that.
0: And, and what is that like compared to when uh, back in the day you guys were able to do the live Ralph report?
2: Yeah, live Ralph reports were interesting because I'd never done a live podcast before. That was the first time I've ever done like a live podcast. I've done live stand-up, live improv, I've acted in front of people, all that stuff. I've never done a live podcast. And podcasts are a little bit different because I'm used to recording with Ralph and we're just going back and forth and we're not waiting for that laugh. We're just trying to bust each other up. That's it. But like, when we're doing the live podcast, we're doing it out towards everybody. We're not looking at each other, so we're not making eye contact, so we don't know when to break. It's it's a different feeling doing a live podcast because it's the thing about the, the regular podcast is it's two guys having a conversation or three guys or whatever it is having a conversation, and people are listening, and then they're laughing or they're not laughing, but you don't know. But mm-hmm. you're doing a live podcast. You're You're trying to have a conversation with someone, but at the same time, you're playing to the audience, which is a very weird dynamic
0: what and but before bill gets to say anything because i keep asking questions what well, because i'm i'm, I'm very. i was gonna say i'm very interested in the live podcast because you know ralph has experience he's doing he's been doing babylon for yeah. years and um, al
1: also been pitching doing a live podcast on this site for like six years forever, forever. So, yeah so does the, he's just trying to get insight for RPG. yeah I need, I need,
0: I'm, I'm taking notes right now um you know, when Ralph and Kev do it, you guys kind of do the exact same way. You're doing it to the audience. You're
2: not, right. That's not well, the, the way you guys doing it. And another thing that's interesting different between what Babylon does and what Ralph report does. Like Babylon, that's Kevin and Ralph, and they're up there, and it's those two guys, and they have chemistry, and it's they're that, that show is built for a live audience. Like, they're not real. That show was never made or designed to be, like, a recorded home podcast. They've done it that way, but the whole point of it was to be a live, virtual, multimedia experience. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of made to present to an audience. Whereas like the Ralph report was always sort of like an at home thing, and it's like, hey, let's try to do it live. And then you had the element of Carrie sitting on stage with us and Steve sitting on stage with us. So now you're, you're it's weird chemistry wise because all four of us never do the show together. It's usually yeah. just Ralph and I, or then Steve and Ralph doing mm-hmm. their bits. And Now you have all four people on stage, and you're all trying to work out your timing, and you, none of you can make eye contact because you're facing the stage. So it's okay. just it, sometimes the live Ralph reports turn into a little bit of a clusterfuck just because. We're never four doing the show. It's the only time us four ever do the show together. Yeah. And, it's, and none of us can sit there and make eye contact with each other and try to figure out what our jokes are. And then you add the element of alcohol, and some people are a little more drunk than other people. <laughs> so it can get a little crazy. I mean, that's sort of the beauty of the Live Ralph Report, is it is like almost like a circus atmosphere. The audience is drunk. Two-thirds of the Ralph Report crew are drunk. So it's just sort of like it's – it's a fun party-like atmosphere. It's not like Babylon. It's different than yeah. Babylon
0: it is different and you know uh, the Ralph report and we have been saying it a million times so we haven't really given a lot of details the Ralph report is um, it's a weekly it's a daily podcast every yeah. week um, that is available on Patreon so if you uh, go to the ralphreport.com you can sign up uh, there's a link to the Patreon but the only reason i'm saying this is because there's different levels of yeah. the Patreon membership you can be a one star general of the army and all the way up to four star and the four yeah. stars it was just recently announced that they're going to be able to see once a week, basically a live Ralph report. Yeah. So, so what is what is are you are you uh, are you and Ralph nervous about that or excited? What, um, how you think
2: I think because well, I just literally Ralph puts that whole show together and yeah. I show up for an hour and I record and I just sit there and I, I don't know what the show is going to be about. I don't have a I don't have any idea what's coming at me. I just show up and he does the show. He's got all of his papers and he's reading it. So he's got a lot going on. He's running the soundboard. He's running the recording. He's running the, the, the outline of the show. like
1: me now. Yes. <laughs> it's a but. lot
2: like you now. So it I just does. show up. And then I just, that's a lot of times why I say this. I just say shit because I'm just, I don't know what's coming at me. So I'm just mm-hmm. talking. Um, So it's, it, it won't be much different for me, I guess. I guess Ralph is going to be juggling so many, he's going to have so many balls in the air. So I think he might be a little more wary of it at first i guess the same thing with the first live show we did because he was very nervous in the first live show because he had he was running a soundboard and the show had never been in front of an audience before and i'm just used to showing up and going so i don't it doesn't bother me but i think he's just because he has so many things going on he's a little he gets a little nervous about it but i think it'll be fine
0: I'm sure it's gonna be great, and it makes me want to go up to a four star. But I don't think I can tell my wife I'm gonna I'm gonna pay twenty a month when we're trying to buy a house. I'm like Meg, I gotta do this. It's the Ralph report. Come on, actually, you you know what? See I might have after.
1: to. I might have to. But no, we did just like did just a the house house. Want is like 17 times size size bigger than my house. So you're good, man. I think you could afford it. But can you can you just tell us how it's a little different, like between the Ralph report and the ramble? Like you, like you said, like Ralph is like the, gen, you know, literally the general of the Ralph. Yeah. You're just reacting. I talked a little about the ramble and even, you know, uh, uh, swing and miss one. is because I only know Jen Decker from wrestling. So I'm just like, I didn't ah, yeah, yeah. A podcast. I didn't when I'm like, she's like Jen Decker. I'm like, no, she's not the one married to Eric Decker, the wide receiver. No. And then I realized totally wrong. But <laughs> I, let's talk about the different roles you do on that. Those, well, that one former podcast and one current podcast. Yeah. Um,
2: well, I mean, like I said, like the Ralph report, it's, he does the whole thing. He puts it all together. I'll draw a dirty Ziggy every once in a while. And that'll be, that's my input into the show. Um, but mostly I show up and he reads off like the Ramble is Jerry and I, and, uh, we just, we don't have any plans. We just hit record and we just talk. Um, we haven't, sometimes we're like, Oh, let's talk about WandaVision. And then we don't know what we're going to say about WandaVision, but we'll talk about WandaVision. Um, We do i know the ramble we have like a hall of fame hat where we're like well just every week it gives the listener something to send in to us which is good for audience interaction because that's what podcasts all about it's cultivating that audience where they're sort of they want to interact with you so we have the hall of fame hat where we just once a week pick you know like the hall of fame hat for the rolling stones what song if the rolling stones were going to the hall of fame for a song. What song would be on the hat? It's like in baseball when someone goes in the Hall of Fame, they have to pick what hat for what team they played, right? Right, right. So oh, okay. you know, like Babe Ruth goes in wearing the Yankees hat, not the Red Sox hat, right? Yeah, sure. So it's like that with like whatever topic we pick, like Hall of Fame, uh, Marvel villains. What if Marvel villains went to the Hall of Fame? What mm-hmm. villain would be on the hat? You know, like, is it Doctor mm-hmm. Octopus? Is it Doctor Doom? Stuff like that. So it's just a way to rank something.
1: And so we, and now, we have, now like not asking, worrying about your my next question. I'm like, who would go in? Is there it, right? It's, so it's Galactus. Like, that's <laughs> the, that's the answer. But keep going. Keep going. Eddie. Galactus.
2: So we get that, and then we have uh we have a top five every week, just top five whatever, top five Billy Joel songs, top five lines from Star Wars, whatever the top five is. It doesn't matter. Okay. It is. And then uh, what, uh we also do an open close encore with music. You know, take a take your perfect concert. What is the open, close, and encore of that? Like we do, we've done it with wrestling theme songs. Like if you went to a wrestling theme song concert, what's the
1: open, close, and encore? Uh, you know, if you went to uh, Real American, uh, (laughs) Demolition, (laughs) Axe and Smash. Oh, Demolition's a good one too. That's a real good one.
2: You got to (sighs) close with that one.
1: Um. Uh, or you start with a sing along like uh, Fozzie for the encore, uh, Judas uh, for the encore. It's it's the
0: the right answer is turning up the theme for Too Cool.
1: I it's all keep right. showing your age and Thank the one you. year and the one year you watch wrestling. Correct. <laughs> I learned the worm because of Scotty Too Hoty. Well, there you go. Wait, can you do it now? Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. you keep disappointing me every week, Al. Those are
0: amazing segments. I can't believe I, I you know I. That
1: shows I have not listened are we to that. No, <laughs> we are. I mean,
0: no, we're not gonna steal. <laughs> we Those are. are fantastic. I mean, it's
2: so just, I mean that's what you do in your podcast. You're just trying to. And Ralph has yeah. it with his thing. You know, like yeah. he has his phone calls, and it's. I mean, podcasts, You want to get that audience interaction. You want to put stuff out there that makes them think, and then submit it, and then read it on the air, or you'll know, read it while you're recording because it makes them feel involved, and then that's how mm-hmm. it grows. You know.
0: Wow, that's a great tip for people who are trying to start a podcast or have done it for 50 episodes and are still trying to still trying to figure it out.
2: It's a good idea because it gets people energized. Like, oh, what do I have to yeah. send in this week? And we we get that sort of. Uh, I know with a ramble, we really get that audience interaction with it because people send us the emails and then they like they'll send up and like, oh, I forgot to send my my list last week. Do you mind taking it? And then we'll we'll read people's list from three or two or three weeks ago, and people just like having their shit read on air. Yeah, that is
1: true. <laughs> that's true,
2: true. and oh, it makes it yeah. tune back in.
1: I was going to
0: say that reminds me um, a segment that you uh, introduced on Swings and Misses, and it kept going a little bit on Twitter. The uh, the, the Florida man, Florida man, um, Florida man Fridays. So yeah. can you can you talk
1: about that for a little bit? And I do uh, a Florida man story every day.
0: Well, that's you the really thing. Could. So you really if could. Bill has not seen it, if you. If you want to pull it up on your phone and do like an impromptu one, we
2: I'll can do, the, do it right here. I'll do the Weeks Man Friday. I just, one I just sent out yesterday. Perfect. It's because uh, it's Jen Sturger, Jen Decker is from Florida and she's the most Florida person I know. So we would always go, we we're trying to figure out when we started Swings and Misses, like, because we want to have some segments to it, some recurring bits to it that the listeners could, you know, chime in with or just be excited about hearing yeah. every week um so we're like let's do something with florida florida headlines because you know everyone always does something with florida headlines so we're like let's do a florida man friday and basically what the whole premise of it is is i read them i would read them three florida man headlines two were real and one was fake i would make up a fake one and then i would read two real ones and then they would have to guess they would test jor uh, how how well jen knew florida if she could pick out the fake one so we had that <laughs> it was like a, we had a little title belt and everything it was so every week, Cody and Jen would compete for this belt to who could, who could be more Florida than the other person. And uh, yeah, this was this week's Florida Man Friday.
1: Uh, All right, so
0: Bill, this is for you because I think I know it already and I think I know the answer. I, you know, so I've, this I've is heard for you.
1: of this segment outside of like from the show, but I never knew it was part of the show. Okay. So I'm oh. yeah, very excited. <laughs> okay. So Eddie's going to set this up.
2: I'm going to read you three headlines.
1: All right. Two are
2: real, one is fake. Florida Man, desperate for a ride to Hooters, calls 911. <laughs> Florida man breaks into jail to hang with friends. Florida man turns old school bus into mobile strip club. Legitimately, I mean, all of them could be real. They could, they, they could all—it's Florida. Everything. No, yeah. I can't uh, make up there anything. There's no that rules. Be
1: true. There's no rules. There's no rules in Florida. At no all. rules. I'm gonna say breaks into jail is the fake story. That's a real one.
2: Jesus, Christ. is that fake? That's a real story. It's Florida man turns old school bus into strip club is the one I made up
1: but completely
2: post real right completely, completely something that could happen in Florida.
1: something that would definitely happen in local o- Ocala, Florida, not because I have to do it probably
2: has happened, just not reported in the news.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and didn't, didn't
0: something like didn't something like that actually kind of happened during quarantine where a strip club, they, they, they did like a mobile. Oh no, it was the, the food delivery from the strip club. Well, they
2: were doing, I know we, we actually did a mobile drive through. Yes.
1: Yeah, Seattle. I think Seattle had the drive through.
2: It was Portland or Seattle or some, yeah. somewhere up there. They had a mobile drive through. You just pull through and they would strip. <laughs> yeah. It was
1: somewhere where Kyle McLaughlin got lost in the black lodge. But <laughs> uh, I know around my area, where I, the town, a city I live in, there is a lot of uh, gentlemen's clubs, and there's a lot of tents around these places, and I'm just like, what is happening there? I don't get it. We know what's happening. Yeah, no, I know. But when my daughter, my six-year-old, asked me, I'm like, uh, Dad doesn't know. Oh.
0: <laughs> well, while, while, we're, while we're talking about segments, I want to just briefly bring up uh, one of my favorite segments and i think everyone's favorite segment from the ralph report uh is Munchin mondays oh yeah um where so for for those who are i mean i'm hoping a lot of idiots are listening but for those who are not um you know eddie uh, is a little picky when it comes to food a little bit a little little bit. bit so um ralph has been trying to expand eddie's palate um basically almost every monday it's, it's it's well as he said today it's like he's got a backlog now which is
2: rough for you. Yeah, I had but, a rough week the last week and a half. I was like 11 straight days I wouldn't eat something.
0: That's true. Yeah. So every day you you uh, there's a there's a segment where you're talking about Eddie basically says um, Ralph says like, will you eat this or not? And (laughs) you, for, for the most part, it's a, it's a solid no. And bad for you because then he literally makes you eat it um, uh, live on video on video. It's not
2: like worms or something. It's normally normal, regular food. Normal people would eat, but I'm such an abnormal person. Absolutely.
0: Uh, So (laughs) the thing I wanted to bring up was, um, you know, was there a food From Munchin' Monday that you were pleasantly surprised from, and then do the complete opposite spectrum, like, you will never recommend anyone try
2: this, ever. Um, the thing we just did, like, two weeks ago, or I think it was last Sunday, we did the, uh, the peach, uh, Melba, I think it was Melba, Melba, Delightful, because I don't like peaches, I hate peaches, I'm not a huge raspberry fan, I don't mind them in a cereal bar, but for, but I don't really like Either one, but that was surprisingly good. I ate that. I was like, that was really good. I didn't mind yeah. that.
0: But uh, wouldn't order it out because you prefer chocolate.
2: I would if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay for it and I'm gonna take in the calories. I'm gonna go ahead and get the chocolate. I'm gonna yeah, get what I, I really
1: I want. Mean, that's the right answer. It is. Right, rainbow is delightful. It's delightful but only if your mom's making it for you on a Sunday right. afternoon. Not if you're paying for it in a restaurant.
2: No. Oh, if I'm at a dinner party and they serve it to me, I'm like, okay, I'll eat that. That was great. Yeah. I like that. But if I'm out at a restaurant and it's that or like the hot fudge brownie sundae, I'm getting the hot fudge brownie sundae. <laughs>
1: Not even a question.
2: That's no. common sense.
1: Yeah, that's, absolutely.
2: That's those
1: are that's a long...
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm not um, weird. I'm not
0: weird for thinking that. No. But, I'm just like uh, chocolate chip cookie. That's my go-to. Like I'm yeah. I'm a sucker for just a good chocolate chip cookie. If you oh, throw seed salt good. on that, I'm, I'm gonna t- order <laughs> ten of them. Like it's happening. But what's the opposite end of the spectrum? What was the worst thing that you had on there that you want no one to ever consume, and you want the you know. The idea of it to disappear like a Thanos. The,
2: there was a couple things. The the worst tasting thing I think was the rose jam. I, I'm still baffled. It was, like, by that. it was rose flavored. It had rose petals in it. It was made mm. from roses and it was a it was a jelly jam sort of thing. I guess people spread it on toast or something like that. I don't know what you do with it. Um like but it was me. the What's that?
1: I feel like that's it, like you eat rose jam in Narnia.
2: It yeah, it's <laughs> something that belongs in some other realm and not yeah. here. It's foul. It is disgusting. That um, was really bad. That was probably the worst react because even Ralph hated that. We were both like wanting to throw that up. Yeah. Um the other thing that was really bad was uh that the hundred year old egg or whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, I guess they serve bad. it in uh Chinese McDonald's. It's a hundred year old I mean I guess it's a it's a something they ate over in China anyway, but that's how we heard about it. It was in a Chinese mm-hmm. McDonald's. And it's just like some egg that they just wrap in all this shit and then they let it age for a while. And it literally comes out as this black egg and then you cut it open and it's just like this green coagulated yolk and it's just like this is gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. That's no, bad. it was not it was like eating a rotten egg. And I'm like, and yeah. Ralph's like, mm, I love this. I'm like, shut up, you don't love this. This is, <laughs> you're just being a dick right now.
0: He loved that, but couldn't eat the rose jam.
2: <laughs> rose jam. I don't think he could even fake like the rose jam was so foul.
0: Oh my god. Disgusting. Awful. I I yeah that 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 does sound like something that they would have had on like, you know, Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah. Uh, like it's like hobbit like, toast, yeah.
2: Yeah. Something you eat while you're riding a Pegasus or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh Bill, did you I I you know, you have Eddie here. He's a huge wrestling fan. I'm going to just like sit I, I back
1: before, before I was going to ask about wrestling. I was yeah. going to talk about uh the Unspecial. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been to a number of stand-ups, uh, you know, shows in my time. I've covered stand-up comedians throughout my career. And I just wanted – I've never talked to anyone about taping a special before. And I, I just wanted to know, like you said, you, you're a very reactionary comic. Like, how do you plan for a, a taped special? Because there is – to me, I would believe there is a more pressure because this is going on to film. Like, are you yeah. picking your greatest hits? Are you, you tailoring something – a set – to something for an audience that you know will evoke a huge reaction like how, how do you plan that out
2: um that's a good question that was very strange because usually with stand-up comedy I kind of go into every show is just sort of like let's go have some fun and play around I know what jokes I want to do if they don't work that's great I'll, I'll just mess around with the crowd with stand-up special you want to try to get like you want your hour to be tight you want it to you want it to translate to television you know because right, um, yeah. a lot of times club sets don't translate to television because you're doing crowd work and messing with messing with the audience. That doesn't translate to TV hardly ever. Um, so what we did with the the unspecial is we 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 had three shows scheduled in DC, so we were going to do tape three shows. So we had three shows to choose from to cut into one show. Um, right. So in case something doesn't work in one show, it might work in the other. We just you know swap them in and out. Um, and you also want you got to tell you tell the crowd up top too, like hey we're taping. So even if you don't find it funny, laugh at it because this, this is all for aesthetics to make this look good. So you kind of prep the audience to it, it is a taping. So they, they have that TV audience mentality of like, let's just have the high energy and laugh at everything. Um, none of that worked out when I taped the unspecial. Um, we planned three shows. <laughs> um, the first show Friday night, we turned the air condition off because we thought it might hurt the audio. So we had no air. So yeah. it was like literally 105 degrees in the club. And I was just dripping in sweat after five minutes, so none of that footage was usable. I couldn't Ugh. cut that into the other two nights because it'd be like dry Eddie, wet Eddie, dry Eddie, wet Eddie. <laughs> it. it would not work. It looked terrible. Yeah. So Friday night was a complete wash. Um, Saturday early show, everything went great. We had the air on. It didn't mess with the. It didn't mess with the audio. Um, every joke that I wanted to hit hit. Like everything. Like that was the hour that was good. And then the late show on Saturday happened to be Easter Eve. 4:20, uh, April 20th. Oh my God! That's... And there was a Capitals uh, ice hockey playoff game that day. Oh God! And so Jesus the audience Christ. was either butt wasted or high, and I basically did crowd work for an hour because I could not get them to focus because they were just they didn't care. They were just like, "What's going on?" Like they had no idea why they were even there. Yeah. Um, okay. So basically, what's that? They had Ovechkin on the brain, man. Oh yeah, they they were like, half of them were in half of them were rocking the red, half of them were in red capsters. It was just a nightmare. <laughs> um, so basically my entire comedy special is that one early show on Saturday. That's not how I planned it. I wanted three shows to cut from so I can move it all around and make it perfect, but it ended up being the one hour. And thankfully it worked out that way. But like you said, when you're prepping for this, you want to most comedy specials I know they tape like at least two shows. Like Kevin Smith when he did his that. Silent Bedeli when they had the heart attack in the middle mm-hmm. of it, he was taping yeah. two shows to have two shows to cut, and he only could use the one because yeah. he had the heart attack. But he was, you know, you usually prep by having two shows to give you options. Um, I just didn't have any options because that was the only show that really worked.
1: So but and with, talking about oh, oh, the planning of it, like how are you planning that set? How are you planning that that hour? Like, are you are you are you um kind of like cultivating it from different a, different stand up stuff you've done, or is this like this is my current act. Um, this is what I'm going to hit him with.
2: With my with the, with the unspecial, it was around my 20, 20th year in stand-up comedy. Right. So I kind of wanted to do – like I kind of wanted to pull from all 20 years, like my favorite bits from different times oh. in my life. So it, that the unspecial is definitely sort of like a greatest hits of like, okay, these are jokes that when I first started out that really worked, and they still really work, so I'll use those. And there's jokes from when I was dating – there's jokes from when I got married. There's jokes from when, I, when my wife got pregnant with our son to jokes to, to it ends with, you know, my son being like a 10 year old and with the photo. So that the whole unspecial goes on this journey of like basically 20 years of stand up for me. So, yeah, it does go. That is sort of amalgamation of my my greatest jokes that span the life of my stand up career. Um, if I do another special, it'll obviously just be whatever my current hour is. But since okay. I was doing my first one, I wanted it to be that collection of the 20 years.
1: Al, I apologize for. No, up. you're good. That was a great. That was a great follow because I was going to follow I, up. I with, know,
0: I know, I know you know. Uh, <laughs> it, I was going to follow up with, you know, the 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 unspecial was crowdfunded, right? Yes. You, did you use uh, like Indiegogo, I
2: believe. I did Indiegogo. Um, I had what I did with as far as that went. I had the dates as a. I was going to do. I was going to do these shows in April of 2019 back in DC anyway. That was just because I'm a comic and I was just I had those club dates anyway. And I was like, it was around January that year, and I was like. Let me see if I can raise five thousand dollars. You know, the Garmy seems to be very supportive. They all seem to like me a lot. This seems to be this whole new people group of people Ralph has opened me up to. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can just put it out there and see if I can crowdsource five grand to shoot this. I, I'm going there anyway. Five grand, I'll get a couple cameras. We'll see what we can do. Um, I went on Indiegogo. I put my goal for ten thousand just to see if I could, and we ended up raising fifteen. Which was insane. It was insane. Un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. I had no idea. Unbelievable. And the Garmy's amazing. And I had people from all over my life. They're, I mean, my whole career donating. The garmi was a big chunk of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're an amazing group of people, and they allowed that to happen. But um, if I had to do it over again, I would take that $15,000, and I would probably do the special in Los Angeles. Because we spent so much money trying to get you know, director and crew and production equipment yeah. to D.C., mm-hmm. to that most of the money went in like half the money went into that so if I'd done it in LA I put a, I could have put more money on screen
0: I was gonna say that that was the, the question I have for you was like you know once you're I think you're kind of in the process of thinking about a sequel or the next special yeah. hopefully what what did what did you learn from that experience outside of that like what what are you taking into the next special uh, just from the overall experience of the first on special
1: um
2: get more money more money <laughs> you, know, you, you, you always need more money we could have done. We could have used twenty. Twenty would have probably been
0: good. What, what's what? What is the reasoning for
2: that? Like, what's that extra five get um, you in terms of like, you know, we're cameras, we're, we're not <laughs> ca- camera equipment. Um, yeah. we could have got. I could have had a fourth camera in there. We did three. Um, mm-hmm. I, I it would have been much easier to get more coverage with four. Um, so you wouldn't have to rely on uh, multiple shows to get because a couple of shows we moved the cameras around. Okay. Um, so I there were some shots taken from the shows we didn't use just so I could cut away. To a different shot. Mm-hmm. So if you have four or five cameras, then you can eliminate that. You that's one less stress because you have more coverage.
0: Um, so that's what the close up, the wide. We had, had like have,
2: a wi- we had a wide in the back. Yeah. And then we had a camera in the back doing a close up from the back. Okay. Follow me on stage. And then yeah. we uh, one show we had a camera stage left.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then the other show we moved that camera to stage right. And then the fourth one you'd want for the crowd. Fourth one potentially. potentially- yeah, fourth room, you want you want both sides and then maybe a guy walking around with a camera. So like a handheld walking around. And that was just a small room. If you do a larger 2 or 300 mm-hmm. seat place, you yeah. probably want a crane. You know, you want something with those sweeping crowd shots. I mean, you oh, want yeah. more money, but um, for us we it, it would have been more cameras. Um, I would have been able to pay the guys what they're worth because everybody <laughs> did it for a discount. We had one nice. guy uh, we had one guy in the in the Garmy Corey who happened to live out there and he knew we were coming out there to film. He's like, Hey man, I'm getting ready to go to film school. If you guys need any help, I'd love to help out. So he, he came and ran a camera for free. Amazing. So it Big was army. just like, you know, and I would love to throw him some money. I just didn't have any money to throw him. So yeah. it was just like that sort of thing. Like we had a lot of people pitching in at a discount. And you want to pay these people to do what they're good at doing. Um, so that's why more money would have helped.
0: That's, that's great. Yeah. Cause I saw um, John Mulaney at radio city music hall. and yeah. I think he did like seven like five or seven nights, and then like nine shows, and then they put that together. Yeah.
2: So if I had for, that, of course you're gonna. If you have like nine shows. Yeah. You're gonna nuts. have a, a comedy special that absolutely kicks ass. There's not yes. gonna be one down moment in that because you have nine hours to cut from. That's crazy. So, yeah. It's when you have money, you can do that. You can spread out, and you when you're also yeah. when you're famous, you can have a crowd to fill okay. nine shows. I don't that's have.
0: Right. That. Well, hopefully after this podcast, well, maybe will have I know, yeah, but. You know, that you had one, and that's a great set for having only one taping to to work with.
2: Yeah, one usable tape. Yeah, yeah, I mean, had I been able to, because the Friday night show, we had no air conditioning, it was also a packed crowd, and they were really good. And I think we could have really cut together a really great one hour had I been able to use anything from Friday. So, where's the. Oh, go, go. oh, but again, that's because we didn't have enough money. So we had to fly in the night before. So we didn't get to do, we didn't get to test any equipment. We didn't even do a camera check or a sound check in the space. We basically had enough time to set up and then shoot the special. Like we didn't have, we couldn't run tests. So we didn't know if we have the air off off or on. So that was another reason that if we had more money, we could have had one more day there to sort of scout the location.
0: And where's the dream? What's the dream location in, in L.A. for you, or, like, what's your, your go-to in terms of, like, where you'd want to do the special?
2: I'd always, I mean, if I was going to do it in L.A., I, the, the improv on Hollywood where they, you know, where they record Babylon, um, mm-hmm. that's a great stage. I love that stage. The Ice House in Pasadena is a great stage. Um, it's probably one of those two spaces, I think, would be really cool to do a stand special.
0: Awesome. Now, uh, Bill, I'll let you get to wrestling now. There you go. <laughs> that, that's the it's, a, it's very like, Loosey goosey on this podcast.
1: You mean like, for first off? uh, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. I have an Al Snow. Oh, here you go. Oh, nice. And Cactus Jack is hanging around here somewhere. I got him in Brooklyn for like a buck.
0: For Um, those who can't see this since it's an audio podcast, he figures he's doing.
2: We're we're having a toil.
1: These two adults I mean, are having I mean, a toy I off. I think uh, obviously uh, C, uh, CM Punk would win. I do have a Funko of CM Punk. But, we had uh, we
2: had CM Punk and uh, Cactus Jack uh, McFoley on the Swings and Misses show. We interviewed them. That was pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. I'm like trying to look for this goddamn Cactus thing, but it's gone. Uh, it was around here at one point in my life. But uh, oh, here he is. It's on the floor inside of my slipper. There he is. There you go. I'm sure. That's where
2: Cactus Jack would live
1: inside a shoe. Inside, uh, yeah. I mean, he also is deceptively tall, because I've interviewed him in person. Yes. He is a, a large man. Yes, he is. And uh, like the nicest dude ever. Very nice. Very nice. Um, but yeah, I gotta ask you, like, what are your, you know, what are you watching right now in wrestling? Because like, I, I don't know, some people are very. Um, I saw you tagging something about Jim Crockett Promotions. So I'm like, are you an old school fan, or are you watching stuff oh, now? Like, what I- are you into? Like I grew up in the '80s wrestling. That's what you know. That was okay. Hulk Hogan,
2: rocket wrestling. That was how I was introduced to the sport. Um, and it is a sport. Um
1: hey, thank you.
2: So it is. That's no. that was my love. Of,
1: you know,
2: wrestling. Um, I was like everybody. I was a huge Attitude Era fan. I loved the Monday Night Wars, WCW, and all that stuff. I mean, I usually even watch the old like. NWA N- N- Saturday Night, like I'd watch the old stuff on TBS, like five
1: on TBS. Yeah,
2: yeah, I would watch all that stuff in the in the mid in the early mid nineties when it was, you know, they'd shoot in a studio. Like I watched oh, all that course. stuff. Um, and then you know, early two thousands, I watched. I kind of, I watched all the way up, pretty solid. I just really like last two or three years, I kind of have fallen out of it. I've kind of stopped watching. So
1: like I I I'd say re- three or four years. I will recommend. If you like old school stuff, especially if you're, you grew up in the 80s, yeah. this week, well, the week we're recording, I should say, um, Tully Blanchard is going to be a part of the six Man, coming Weird. out of retirement for one night only, a uh, team with a very old school tag team that's very much akin to the Brain Busters, the revival from NXT. They're in this new company, AEW, that right. yeah. Jen, Jen worked with, Jen Decker, um, going to happen this, uh, this uh, Tully
2: Blanchard's going to wrestle?
1: He's just gonna have there. He's not gonna do much, but he he he, he's never had a full farewell (laughs) match on TV, so he's this is his final thing. Wow. He's dude. He was in good shape. He did a jump off the top rope for a spike pile driver a few few months ago. Wow. That man is as old as is not as old as my mom, but he's up there.
2: He's up. He's got to be in his sixties.
1: He's in his sixties, and he did it like he was. It was like 1984. Oh, that's scary. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but uh That's frightening but yeah, i would recommend aew if you like because it's a nice blend of old school yeah. new school i and, watched
2: uh, a little bit last year when jen was uh when she was it, there um we would watch i would watch when she was going she was doing she was live tapings when they were still doing live yeah. tape with the crowds and she was watching those episodes we had we actually had chris jericho on like one uh, of our earlier shows my
1: favorite yeah. one of my favorite interviews so Frank um out.
2: Yeah, it was. I, I watched a little bit. I just haven't been as like I used to watch every Monday night. Every, you know, I watched I watched everything, but I just I sort of dropped
1: out in the last couple of years. So I, I would recommend uh, AEW on Wednesdays. That's my big okay. recommendation. But I watch. I I, I kind of dropped out on Mondays a little bit too. It's not as good as it used to be, but yeah. that's my recommendation. If you're looking to ease back in, I think that's a okay. good way. To I, I
2: I will check it out.
1: Check so wait, that if you're a Tully Blanchard fan? I was going to say oh, is, yeah.
0: that per, is that is that Old person going to be wrestling?
1: Like, that's upcoming or that happened already? No. Well, by the time this podcast airs, (laughs) it'll have happened. Will have happened. Is is
0: my question, my follow up question, is Darren Aronofsky directing the wrestling match? I mean, one,
1: I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: is he going to die? Is what I'm saying at the end (laughs) of
1: this. People came out to me and were like, this movie is about wrestling, 80s metal, and it's set in New Jersey. Did you write this movie? (laughs) And I'm like, no, but I wish I did. (laughs) And also the weirdest thing about that movie is that it was supposed to be Nicolas Cage and not Mickey Rourke. Yeah. And I'm really glad it was Mickey Rourke and not Nicolas Cage. Me too. That would have been a different movie. It would, yeah. Because Mickey Rourke really fit that character really well. That is Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to a T, he should have won the Best Actor Oscar, in my opinion. Yeah. They just they just talked
0: about on the Ralph report. You guys just picked uh, your favorite Nicholas, or or you recommended uh, a Nicholas movies. to watch. They do a segment uh, every week um, called the Video Vault, where they pick like a you know a different subject or something. Um, and one of the I think it was like last week or two weeks ago was Nick Cage movies. Yeah, uh, all solid picks. All what great picks. Your, what was your pick, Eddie? I'm
2: trying to think, what did I pick? I think uh, I. Cause oh, because I remember this, you picked Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost Rider, that's right. I picked because I it was, between, it was between that and Knowing. Remember Knowing? Oh God. Oh
1: man. Oh. That We did really well, dude. I know. <laughs> really oh. Wow. Well. Why? Um, if I'm because
2: oh. right, <laughs> I just wanted people to yell at me. That's, that's true.
0: true. <laughs> you, you do pick some. You know what? I've agreed with you, like a, a surprising amount in terms, of, like when Ralph, like. You know, lambast you for some of your picks. I'm like, you know what? You're taking it too far. Like, first of all, I've said it. I've said it on Twitter too. I think I said it
2: directly to Ralph. I said, "McGruber is phenomenal." McGruber is the most underrated comedy in the history of comedies. 100. It might be you talk to me about McGruber at least three times a year. It's it is one of the best comedies I've ever seen. Of it
0: is phenomenal. Time. It phenomenal. is So good. I, good grew, I grew up watching basketball. Like I, oh, basketball. I love basketball. That's a phenomenal movie. Uh, but yeah, he's been, he's been wrong a few times, and then we'll just we'll leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> you know, another thing we wanted to bring up, you know, your your, your world, you know, if, if people are, are starting to listen to Eddie on any of these podcasts, they'll they'll quickly learn that your world revolves around wrestling, Star Wars,
1: um, yes, and 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 the Washington Football Team. Oh, I love the Washington Football Team. Well, as a New York Giants fan, I got a couple questions for you. Yes. Yeah. Um, why couldn't you trade us Chase Young? Why you How pissed be- are you at the Eagles? Uh, <laughs> why couldn't you? No, I'm more pissed at my so Giants beating you last year so we could draft Chase Young.
2: That's the reason.
1: It was because the Eagles, wasn't it? Yeah. That you was know? the Chase Young Bowl. That was the Chase was- Young Bowl. They screwed us. No, no, no. That was this year. Oh, we God, you're right. No, we beat... The Washington football team in like overtime. The one time Daniel Jones did, was like, "I'm going to win a game for you guys." Yes. And because of that, we didn't get Chase Young. We got a fairly good tackle who yeah. was coming into his own. But yeah. I'd rather have Lawrence Taylor with blonde hair, to be honest. With yeah.
2: I yeah. I'd never no, have an a generation I player. I rarely rooted against my football team in my entire life. Yeah, that well, game, I was I rooting against my football that
1: team. <laughs> um but here's my question about the washington football team is who do you think your quarterback is because i think you have a very good team i'm I'm not one of those people who are like you're into my division you suck because i'm a giants fan i'm very realistic (laughs) about how much we're not good at times but who do you think your quarterback is next year or slash who do you want to be your quarterback next year that's
2: tough because i mean I, i keep hearing rumors about cam newton which makes a lot of sense with Ron Rivera being there. I don't really want to I think he I think the tread might be worn off those tires. A little bit. Um mm-hmm. I wouldn't mi- I, I I would like Alex Smith. I just don't think he can play a whole season. I thought he retired.
1: Did he not retire? No, no he, he hasn't retired. To play,
2: he wants he wants to play again. Um I just don't think his leg can hold up. I mean, a calf strain knocked him out of like three weeks. So yeah. I I wouldn't mind giving Taylor Heineke letting him just go and just see what he can
1: do. You well, know, is I, is uh, what's his, Allen coming back or no? Kyle
2: Allen, he's an he's a free agent. I think they have the uh, they have the they have first right on him with his contract, but he is a free agent. But like I know I know around from what I've read around the football team, I think they feel like they're close. They're like a quarterback and a number two receiver away from really contending. You really are I'm I'm You really are. I mean, I like I I never feel good about the team, but I feel like if they're like a steady quarterback and a number two with McLaurin there from really competing mm-hmm. for not just the, not the division, but
1: for the NFC. Um, I, I don't know if, your tight, your top tight end at the end of last year was a, was a quarterback on the giants practice squad two years ago. And he's pretty damn good as a tight end. So yeah.
2: he was, he went to, he was the quarterback of my alma mater, Virginia tech. He was the oh, quarterback. Really... Logan Thomas went to Virginia tech. He was the quarterback, yeah. but he, I didn't think he would be as good as he was He was great.
1: He was awesome. He was he's so great.
2: Good. So I, they have all the pieces. They may yeah, like yeah. maybe fill in a hole here in the offensive line. And a number two receiver and a good quarterback, and they can compete.
1: Um, what pick do, what they, do they have this year?
2: They're like nineteenth, I think.
1: Oh, I was gonna say because yeah, yeah. like I mean, they should have beaten the Bucks if it were not for all those very convenient penalties.
2: Oh, yeah, Bucks got a lot of penalties through the whole playoff run. <laughs> they got quite a few.
0: So, I was
2: I, uh,
0: I, watching the Super Bowl. So. I was like, what is happening? Like, I didn't understand how the Chiefs were getting this many penalties. And it was just, like, I think they were just, like, polishing the trophy for Brady. They were just like, let's get it ready for him. This is, you know, after the, the third down of, in the first quarter. I mean, quarter. the Bucks
2: are loaded. They have a ton of talent. They have a ton of Their weapons and offense. Well. And that, so, that seven is nasty.
0: Solid. But, it, it, you know, the, the penalties to the Chiefs in that game were just disgusting. But it, it was a lot.
1: It's weird how those teams that played the week before, those teams were, like, Killers. killers yeah and then they go against the bucks they're like we don't know how to play football now right i was yeah, yeah. shocked the saints look so bad oh i i, didn't could, think I knew
0: that i knew the saints would choke i didn't think the chiefs would i just i, I, I couldn't see it because you know we the whole season you're just like there's nothing that mahomes can't do
1: literally mahomes throwing stuff off his helmet for a touchdown like yeah
0: he's on like the bench like with a water break and he's throwing a touchdown. Like, I don't know how it's happening. It makes no sense, but it, it's funny, uh, you know, talk a little more about the football team and, and the need for the quarterback. You know, it's crazy. We have two superstar quarterbacks that are rumored to be moving their teams. We have uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And uh, Russell Wilson,
2: which yeah, I, I just, I mean, I would love to have Russell Wilson or Deshaun. I just don't want to give up what you would have to give up to get him. Cause after the Stafford gosh. deal, they're got, a team is going to want three first round picks for them. Yeah. Which
0: again, that deal. I mean, I think Bill and I talked about the, the Stafford Goff deal for like a week straight. That's We're insane. just like, it's nuts. Like,
2: I the, mean, they the already Ram- gave up like last year, Jalen Ramsey. They gave up two first rounders for Jalen Ramsey last year. And then they come mm-hmm. back and give up three for Stafford.
1: It's Rams- crazy.
2: The, the Rams, Rams are the
1: Knicks of the NFL, but actually win games. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, hey, the Knicks are doing well. The Knicks and the Knicks, <laughs> This is a
1: basketball line
0: <laughs> <game>. That's why. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I mean, the Ra- uh, the Rams made out like bandits. Yeah. Bandits. Yeah. When you're, you're, like, who needs Stafford that bad? You might as well have Alex Smith. Like, they're basically, I mean, you know, Stafford's healthy,
2: but, like, is yeah, he going to yeah. be how long is he going to be there for? He's not Brady. I mean, you got to hope he can play. Well, you go know, have that kind of draft capital for him, you got to hope he can play another five or six
1: years. At right. least, yeah. at least, and stay healthy. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, well, you know, we I, oh go, go. I did have a question, a Star Wars question, because I oh, keep yeah? looking at this amazing shelf you have. But so <laughs> oh, I have two Star Wars questions. First, about your collect for your figure collecting. What is your most prized Star Wars uh, figure that you've collected? Ooh. Um, there's a, a couple. Maybe but, not prized, but like the one that's like maybe it's as closest to your heart. Yeah, well,
2: maybe. the most valuable one I got, I got it Comic Con in 2019, which cool. is this. Uh, uh, they did a limited run of the Boba Fett.
0: Oh, that's so cool!
2: And I got it graded and everything. It's worth about graded. worth about eight or nine hundred dollars. That's
1: awesome. Damn.
2: Um, because the- it's it's. It's modeled after the three and three quarter inch figure from the eighties. Yeah, go.
1: it definitely looks that way.
2: Um, and then apparently, right now, the one that's really uh, <laughs> gaining that's worth a lot oh, of no. money is. Uh, oh no!
0: Oh no! We know <laughs> who it is.
2: Is is the beauty Cara Dune. She's <laughs> like on eBay. This thing is like three hundred dollars on eBay in the package, of course. But yeah, like,
0: well, once once thick. someone announces we're not making this thing anymore, yeah. it's just like
2: you know. I'm sure it'll go down, but right now it's like 300 bucks on eBay. It's like when
0: a comic gets recalled, they're like, yeah. you know, it's it's open season for collectors. Exactly, and it's, that's that's uh, that's awesome. I, you know, I'm a huge collector again of comics and toys and all that stuff. To to Little see someone comics on this podcast. Oh no no no! I I mid podcast I won a, a comic book in a, like a raffle. I won. Yeah. I want a first Venom <laughs> in a uh, graded, yeah, uh, ASM 300, and I never, I didn't own one, and I was like, this is amazing. And then that book is because of the the Venom movie and yeah. the sequel coming out. The book is just like it, every day, just keeps climbing up. That's and awesome. Up and up. Nice. Yeah. Who grades the the figures, by the way? Because this
2: this podcast uh, is about everything. Uh, there's a company in uh, oh, I forget what they're called. Let's see if they're on here. Uh, ToyGrader.com. And yeah. You base. I think it, I think they're located somewhere on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz I know PSA
0: started grading pop figures, so I'm I'm sure I'm sure that the other toys are coming there soon eventually. Yeah,
2: I, I know uh I know with uh, Comic-Con they were given it Lego is, gives out free, you know, free minifigures. You just have to yes. wait in line for them. So I got uh in 2019 I got the Batman and oh, cool. Spider-Man video game one and these guys are worth like 300 each yeah. because they're so limited.
0: The mini the minifigure collecting, I remember when I first went or I was—I told a friend, I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to Comic Con for the first time." It was like New Yorker. No, yeah. San Diego. When I went to San Diego for the first time, a friend of mine said, "Dude, whatever you do, go to the Lego place first thing and try to get these minifigures yeah. because you don't realize how collectible they are."
2: Like it's insane. It's, like with those minifigs at Comic Con, you literally had to get in line. We got in line at like 5 a.m. Jerry and I did. Um, we got in line at 5 a.m. and you wait, and the line doesn't open up until nine, so you're waiting for like four hours just standing there. And then you go up, and there's an iPad touchscreen, and you just hit the button, and it either flashes green or red. Yep. And if it flashes green, you get the minifigure. If it flashes red, you just keep walking.
0: Mm-hmm. So literally, can you get back into line or no?
2: You can, but by that by that time, it it'll have run out because there's yeah. a limited number of figures. But it's literally a 50/50 shot. You just walk up and hit the button, and if you get it, you get it.
0: Is that still the case, or have they done the lottery system now? Like, That's uh,
2: just what they did in 2019, and that was okay. new for that year. I don't know if they've changed it. I mean, because there's no Comic Con in 2020, so I don't know what their thing will be this year.
0: Yeah, because I know, because I've done the, the 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 Funko line. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, for New York and San Diego are the ones I go to every year, and yeah. they they do like a an online lottery system, and they tell yeah. you like,
2: oh, just you better.
0: Which, yes, because you don't have to wait four hours to get a no. Well, like,
2: with these, there was three days at Comic-Con. Like, the first day I wait, I get the Spider-Man, right? Yes. I wait four hours. I it, I touch it. It's green. I get the Spider-Man. Second day, the Stranger Things figure. I think it was the mom from Stranger Things was the minifigure. <laughs> I get in line at 5 a.m. I wait four hours. I hit the button. It comes up red. So I've lost that whole, de- like, five hours. I like, am like, motherfucker. And then <laughs> the next day, the Batman one, and then I get the Batman one. But it's like...
0: Is that the zebra Batman? Yeah,
2: it's a zebra Batman. Oh, that's so
0: cool. And you got them graded. That's amazing.
2: Oh. I love but they're it. Like, yeah. These are worth like five hundred, four, five hundred dollars on eBay. It's insane. Yeah.
0: But you know, you're a collector, but the the, the waiting in four hours and, and getting that green is like euphoric experience.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: but getting the red is so much worse. Oh yeah. Than the joy of getting the green. Does it like it straight up ruins your day, right? Oh yeah, I was, and then especially because yeah. I was with Jerry and he got it, and I'm like, oh. man, I was like, I hated my best friend for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you yes. son of a bitch. Oh
0: man, I'm like, actually yeah. What are you gonna say,
1: Bill? My other Star Wars question was we saw like Disney announce like nine thousand new properties coming out. Yeah. Uh, of the Star Wars properties that are not Mandalorian, which one are you most excited to watch? I think probably the Ahsoka
2: series. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really excited. I mean, I, of course, I want to see what T- Taka Waititi's uh, Star Wars film is going to be. Yeah. I, lo- I love what he did with Thor. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see what that will be. I think that'll be a very fun movie. But uh, just Ahsoka, because I love that character. I loved her since Clone Wars, and she was great in Rebels. And then to finally see her in live action in Mandalorian was amazing. I think Rosario Dawson did great. She's the perfect casting for that. So, mm-hmm. and especially if you bring Tark, if we see Tark at a live-action, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin or Grand Admiral Tarkin, I mean, that'll be not, not Tarkin, uh, Thrawn, not Tarkin, Thrawn. I,
0: Tarkin. Oh, I said that on this podcast too, and got yelled at. I mixed those two up and got <laughs>
1: like laid like, out. Oh, our engineer Lucas, who was on the podcast, he was like, who, who you've been best friends with for like 20 years, he's like, you, yes. shut up, bitch, get the name right. Sorry, no,
2: it's, it's okay. Teams, it's in the T realm, so I can't. It's exactly. But, yeah, th- that's probably the, the Soka series. I'd be interested in that. I mean, long and, the, of course, we talked about that earlier, the Boba Fett gangster series is going to be mm-hmm. the Sopranos
1: yeah. of the space world. I think I'm I'm excited for to see what they're going to do with the Cassian Andar series, because I really liked, um I liked Rogue One a lot. Yeah. And I, I was like, I liked a guy who was a little bit of a, a spy slash, you know, not afraid to kill a guy in the middle of the street. And I was Hey right, like, let's back. see what we can do with this. Yeah, it's a little dark. Let's see what we can do with it. It's good, because
2: I think... Because, I mean, Mandalorian and then Boba Fett, your expectations are up here for those. I mean, Cassian Andor, I don't have a lot of expectations, but yeah, I'm same. excited to see it, but I have zero expectations for it.
0: It could yeah. be the Wanda Vision of the Star Wars. It really good. <laughs> it it could might just creep really up on you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then you got, I think, the Bad Batch is the first new
2: in, thing this Bay year. 4th. May 4th, I think. Yeah, May 4th, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: Very cool. I, yeah, I, it's, it's funny, because... Watching Mandalorian season two and talking about it on this podcast, we've had guests who are like obsessed with the Clone
2: Wars, and Bill and I had never watched it. We never had nope. a chance. Oh, really? Never watched it,
0: but I've i heard. Only There's good some fans. hit and
2: misses in the Clone Wars. It's not mm-hmm. a great. It's not a great seven seasons. <laughs> and are are you
0: of the mind of watch it in the the correct order like the like the um i guess there's the way the episodes were released and then there's a uh, you can go through and do it in like almost a chronological order yeah they
2: right? they they are sort of mixed up because they didn't release them chronologically because you'll be watching like oh wait this what's happening now they've already sort of referenced this like four seats for well, last season so this was oh, like wow. this took place after that so it's not all chronologically in order um i think Disney Plus has a sort of like essential Ahsoka line where you can just watch the 20 episodes of Clone Wars that sort of fill you in where who Ahsoka is.
0: Oh, I'd rather do that. So that's I, think I have I would, more time for that.
2: Yeah, I would recommend that because watch that and then Rebels is four seasons. And I don't know if you guys did you guys watch Rebels? No. No, but I Rebels know love a great of it because of comic okay. books. I'll check I will check know Rebels is great. Rebels I'll is have four like
1: seasons for sure.
2: Clone Wars is hit and miss. That final season of Clone Wars, that one they just did is amazing. That all the way through, but. Mm-hmm. The first six seasons, there's like there's some like George Lucas stuff in there. You're like, okay, George Lucas, just, just stop, <laughs> stop doing this. Yeah. Um, but you know, like that's hit and miss. But Clone Wars is four straight seasons of just like, and like literally the end of season two of Clone of Rebels is a two part series where you have Darth Maul, you have Darth Vader, you have Ahsoka, and they're all it's it's like some of the best Star Wars writing there is oh, in goodness. that last in season two, the last the uh, season finale of Season 2. So good. It's because right. Filoni, right? Yeah, it's Filoni, and it's it's pure Filoni. If you like Mandalorian, you'll like Rebels.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Because of the success of The Mandalorian, the Star Wars
1: comics have just skyrocketed. Like, really? The crazy. like it, It's unbelievable. Say it again? I got some in my... Uh, I got one where they resurrected Boba Fett from the 80s. There you <laughs> go. Well, that's um, probably that's
0: it's, something. There's number 81, and I think it is worth something. Sorry. So... Yeah, no, I, 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 I sell my own. Oh yeah, I can't help myself. But it's funny because though you mentioned Rebels. Like the 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 characters from Rebels, their first appearances are going bonkers right now because everyone's like, it's just a matter of time. They're going to be live action. Like it's yeah. like Sabine Wren or whatever. is Like they're Sabine. they're coming. Sabine Ren, and um, what's his name? Uh, also from like the main character from Rebels.
1: Oh, Ezra, um, uh,
2: Ezra, Ezra Bridger. Ezra, yeah, Ezra, yeah. So, I'm like, sure you're going to see. I mean. If you watch the end of Re- I don't want to give you anything away in the end of Rebels, but Thrawn's fate is tied in with Ezra's. Yes. So you'll right. understand where why Ahsoka's is looking for Thrawn. God. At, uh, and that's in, and in that's, in that's the rumor.
0: That's the rumor of what yeah. Ahsoka's You're going to be about. Yeah,
2: there's no way they can have Thrawn without having Ezra Bridger. It's just the sure. way that the raise the way Rebels ended. You can't have that.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, Darth Darth Revan is it Revan or Raven Revan from the Revan. Knights of, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Revan. His yeah. his first appearance. Has, is is nuclear nuclear hot it's like up there with uh there you go it's it's like right now he's he's basically neck and neck Fantastic with with the first boba fett like in terms of oh, like wow. what people care about right now it's like yeah. those two are just like it's nuts which is strange to me um but yeah so comic collecting has been fun the last couple of, like I, I don't know about toys but um you know we've talked about it a couple times on this podcast that the collectible industry went berserk during the quarantine because people were like yeah. we're bored as shit yep <laughs> we you know we're still kind of making money but we're not spending it like we used to so let's let's just you know start collecting more and you know Yeah, the, my
2: collection definitely exploded in the last year yeah just because yeah. of boredom right <laughs> mostly boredom and like okay I'm, I'm we're not doing we're not taking trips i have not i want expendable income but i have yeah. the income that was going towards you know going out to dinner or going on trips and stuff, I'm like, okay, Guess. let me spend that somewhere else instead of keep it, like a smart person. Yeah.
0: Um, you, I, and, I, you know, this is completely, completely off the topic of collectibles, but, you know, uh, was it last week or last two weeks, you kind of had a pretty rough go of it in terms of just living life, in terms of your your car get, uh, getting kind
2: of something stolen. Oh, we stolen. got the catalytic converter got stolen. Ugh, stolen? stolen. Yeah, it's going around. It's like it's a an epidemic. It's a, it's a pandemic of this. I mean, it's... Because uh, apparently, they can be stolen out of any car, but it's very easy to steal it out of a Prius. And they're doing it because the catalytic converter is made out of precious metal. I think there's platinum and something else Vibranium. in there. Vibranium. Um.
1: <laughs> I just watched the WandaVision episode again. That's why it's on my head. <laughs> Got it. Is it carbonate? So, there, there's carbonate in it?
2: That's how they ship them. They storm in carbonate. Oh, okay. Better freeze you brother. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the, that, that was a pain. Yeah, we still haven't got our car back. It's been like four days.
0: And then, and then how's your shin doing?
2: Shin's better. The skin, the scab finally fell off. So I, <laughs> I banged my shin on a chest that we have at the bottom of the bed because I, I pee every two hours at night because I have the prostate
1: the size of a golf ball.
0: <laughs> so just, a, just, a, just a general. Rough just, rough. I'm, I'm I,
1: heard, I heard you had a, a rough February financially because it's Valentine's Day and your wife's birthday, too. I know yeah, you're, I feel your
2: pain. What you, you have? What's you, your wife's birthday?
1: The 22nd oh yeah yeah you know yeah sure. I know. and then we met in February too so that used to be like our and first date oh, anniversary oh my and dude. Stuff. I got the triple whammy for a while Until I got married then that sh- that you <laughs> didn thank God
0: well you know but you know besides you just um you know all the misfires and everything that kind of happened this week uh you know I, I'd like to talk a, a little more before you go because you know sure. we, we don't we want you to, to sleep at some point too but you know yeah, oh, was know, just we, fun talking out we, I, <laughs> I exactly did. this, is, this is, this has been great. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about um, you know adapting to quarantine, and since uh, Bill has a, a, a young daughter, uh, how, how old is Soph now?
1: She's six, and I just like was off off podcast talking to her about there her day. Go. So I was yeah, up, so let's go downstairs. I, I'm gonna be done I, in ten minutes.
0: <laughs> I'd like to get some kind of you know maybe some tips and advice of like how you adjusted to parenting during this time. And, uh, you know, you know, the virtual classrooms and all that kind of stuff. And then away from that, talking about like maybe some of the hobbies that you guys pick, picked up since you kind of were
2: trapped inside. Um, well, my, my son's Fortnite hobby has exploded (laughs) (laughs) through the roof. Um, he's playing it right now. I'm over, over there. Um, it was – my. I was – I mean, I'm not lucky, but, like, my kid, when the corny started, he was 10 years old. So he was at that point with, like, schooling and stuff, like, online classes. He was like, oh, I don't have to wake up and go to school. I can do it from my room. Awesome. Like, he – it wasn't a struggle. I couldn't imagine having, like, a five- or six- or seven-year-old yeah. trying to get them to
1: focus, like, a kindergarten or first-grade class virtually. Like, that seems like a nightmare. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. <laughs> my daughter was super stoked for school. Yeah. And, she pays attention for the most part, and I have a very patient That's wife good. That makes a lot of money, so I'm That's very That's nice. <laughs> yeah.
2: So my, my son's the same way. Like, he's very into getting good grades, and, like, he likes to study, you know, and so he's he's doing great virtually. You know, he's got, I think he's got straight A's, so he's doing great uh, that way. And it, it also helped, too. Like, when it first started last year, like, the teachers didn't know what the hell they were doing with the virtual learning. They were like, okay, let's try it. And the classes were terrible. He was doing, like, one hour a day, like, mm-hmm. and... Yeah. And this year I think the st- they took the teachers took the summer and the school systems figure out how to do it. So now it's like a full class and everything seems to be going pretty well, at least for the older kids. I don't know. I'm sure it's still a nightmare for kindergartners. Mm-hmm.
1: But Yeah, my, my yeah. wife's a teacher, We're so, so she- what's that? We're actually going back to, uh, on Monday of this week mm-hmm. the recording yeah for like a couple days a week. So oh we'll really see, I yeah so yeah i
2: don't i know they're doing in california they're doing elementary school like one or one day or two days a week for elementary but like he's he's in middle school so he's they're not going back yet
0: that's the the hybrid style which my wife is in the middle of doing she's a teacher oh really yeah eighth grade and yeah i i honestly i tell her that on a daily basis I i said you couldn't be in a worse grade in terms of just like the the don't give a shit attitude the yeah. hormones like it is literally the I I hated me
2: oh, in hated seventh it. and eighth middle grade school, I, like he was like this is his first year of middle school and I was yeah. like if there's a if there's a year of school to miss it's the first year of middle school
0: for uh-huh. sure for yeah.
2: sure so
0: what what would now that you know uh you know he's 11 like you're starting to see i i've seen him do some skits with you yeah and uh, he's
2: cobra commander's kid cobra commander's
0: kid does he have the acting bug does he have the comedy bug like what what do you he's
2: he's been into it like i've never like pushed him towards that but he's seen Mm me perform he's watched me do stand-up since he was a kid because i take him on the road with me because i had no choice um Mm -hmm. so he's been into it i he's uh, he's gone on a couple of Commercial auditions with me back when we would go out on auditions, and he's actually got an audition uh, this weekend. We have to put on tape for a, a TV series. I think it's a, a Jack Reacher. I guess they're doing a TV series. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, they were going to do that. I forgot about
2: yeah. that. Wait. So he's reading. He's reading for Young Jack Reacher. So we'll see. I mean, I mean, that's a huge thing to get, but I don't know if it'll happen.
0: That's phenomenal. First of all, that's I yeah. mean, c- congrats in advance just for getting that far. Colton, uh, who's hopefully not listening to. That. <laughs> no. He's playing. He's playing. Right. <laughs> he's playing for it. So uh, wait, so that's for a spinoff or for the actual like third season of Jack Reager? I don't know. Oh, wait, I don't, oh, don't think. I'm mixing up shows. Am I thinking of oh, Jack Ryan? I'm thinking of Jack Ryan. Thinking Jack Ryan. I'm thinking, yeah, of, Jack. Ryan.
2: I'm thinking a... of
0: John Krasinski slash Reed Richards,
1: Jack Ryan. Not Reed I'm, Richards, yeah. I'm hoping. <laughs> it, better, it better be. It's going to be Glenn Howerton, and we're all going to be very That happy.
0: would be also great. I would love that as well.
1: But, you know, Eddie... First of all, thank you so much for joining us. This is really? phenomenal. Just, oh, seriously. I had a
0: blast. This was fun. I, I'm glad. I'm really glad that you did. Um, you know, and again, it started with a, a quick <laughs> a, a tweet reply and uh, and then a follow up direct message, and I was like, oh my god,
2: this is actually going to happen at some point. <laughs> no, we made right. oh, it. it sooner. was just uh, Ralph. Sometimes recording with Ralph goes a little later, and so it's weeknights are a little difficult.
1: No, no worries. I'm just glad we can make it happen. I like Al, Al, you actually use Twitter for good, and me not just looking at wrestling stuff. I mean, thanks <laughs> for helping advance this podcast. Be a valuable tool.
0: Uh, well, speaking of which, and speaking of Twitter, uh, uh, Bill, where can people find you on uh, on the social medias, and tell us a little bit about thepoprank.com.
1: Well, if you need to follow me on on Twitter, which it's a lot of wrestling stuff. It's at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S. Of course, you find me retweeting stuff that comes off of ThePopBreak.com, which you can uh, check out almost every single day. We have the latest in film, TV, music, comic books, digital trends, podcasts, and pro wrestling and anime. Uh, Of course, check out, uh, you know, you're listening to this podcast. Uh, We have a ton of other podcasts on the same platforms you're listening to, and those would be... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have Pop Break TV, where we have a whole hub for that, which we have about five series under that, which you could check out. Uh, I am part of that, where you can check out uh, TV Break, which is the monthly TV podcast we do. We also have the Breakcast, which is on all those platforms I just mentioned, plus SoundCloud, which we have a ton of podcasts there. We have two Oscar podcasts, um, two, and the winner still is. <laughs> and sorry, man, we got a lot. That's and, great. And. Um, and the winner still is, and the way too early Oscar podcast, uh, which I'm sure we'll be talking about the Golden Globes results. Uh, what, yeah. So what's
2: check. Your, twi- what's your Twitter handle again? Sorry. We
1: oh, mine is at Bodkin Writes. W R I T E S. You could also. am gonna follow you right now. Eddie literally <laughs> just followed me back in real time. I'm gonna check. I'm it.
2: so bad at following people on Twitter. I never think about it, and I'm like, oh shoot, I should right. be following. You.
1: And um, Bodkins. B O D K I N. And um, we are also. Yep. Just follow me right now in real time. uh, You can follow us on Twitter at The Pop Break. Yes, we are named after the Keanu Reeves cult classic Point Break, and I did tell him that in person. Um, We are forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook, and at The Pop Break on Instagram. So Eddie... Our special guest. Al, no one cares. You don't do anything. seriously. Honestly,
0: <laughs> don't even need to plug myself. Eddie Eddie's gonna take no, a plug couple yourself. Minutes, but, Come on. All right, all right, real quick. Uh, I'm at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. On um, Twitter, it's I, I don't think I have any original thoughts. It's a lot of retweeting, but Instagram, I'm posting one photo a day from my archives because I miss taking photos so goddamn much. First a month great photographer. Thank you. Uh, first I month. I was going to say, he loves interrupting me too. First month, I did some... Some of my favorite concert photography, uh, February, I was doing all San Diego, San Diego New York Comic Con photos just over the last like five, four years of, I've been doing that. And I think this month, first time I'm actually saying it out loud, I'm going to be doing all black and white photography that I've done for the pop break and other sites. So check that out. Uh, Eddie, where can people find you?
2: Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Eddie Pence, E-D-D-I-E-P-N-C-E. Um... You can go to my my webpage, people still have those, that's eddiepence.com, and there's a landing page for everything on there, so you can find me everywhere on eddiepence.com. Um, you can hear me uh, five days a week on patreon.com slash the Ralph Report uh, for the low, low price of $3 a month. Um, or 15 also, cents a day. 15 cents a day, come yeah. on. And then I have the Ramble with comedian Jerry Rocha. Uh, you can check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We have uh four different podcasts tuesday through friday we do something um the rambles on wednesday we have ramble radio tuesday friday which is like an abbreviated ramble and then thursday we have a a little movie review segment called good willow hunting where we take our third co-host who's never seen any movies from the 80s and basically track him all the way through movies until we finally get to willow which he's never seen
1: right for that series Yeah,
2: we're eventually going to get to Willow. That's why it's called Good Willow Hunting. So that's where you can catch me on that. And then, uh, yeah, just eddiepence.com has links to everything.
0: Excellent. Eddie, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Um, Seriously, we we couldn't appreciate it more. No, thank Um, you guys.
1: Had a blast. I highly recommend everyone check out Unspecial. Which is streaming yes. on Amazon Prime Video. It is awesome. I've watched it twice. It's so funny. Definitely check that out, Eddie. Again, thank you so much for being on this podcast, man. Oh, you were my pleasure. Amazing. My pleasure. And my pleasure.
0: that's gonna wrap it up for uh, this episode of Socially Distanced. Uh, we'll see you next time when we start reviewing Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I
2: believe. Oh, I can't wait.
0: I'm so excited. Then can't. we have
2: Bad Batch, and then Loki after that. It's gonna be like nothing but great. I'm never this leaving
0: my house. July. Literally. I mean, you, you literally can. We can't. We can't do it. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week.